to the Sci-Fi Diner podcast tonight. I'm one of your hosts, Scott Herzog. And good evening, I'm Miles P. McLaughlin. And with us, we have a special guest tonight who absolutely loves what we're going to be talking about tonight. Cool. Hi, I'm Kristen. Yes, <laughs> Kristen Herzog, my wife. Who oh, you're giving it away? I am giving it away early. Didn't you want me to be like the mystery? No. Okay. No, no, not really. All right, yeah, I'm his wife. 18 yeah. years, everybody. Yeah, there yeah, you go. Bring, bring it, bring it. The, uh, <laughs> he re- he really is married, folks. Yes, I, I, I am. Just Ladies, fine. back off. That's right. That's right. <laughs> um, but um, <laughs> she's a keeper. Um, so tonight we are here talking Back to the Future. M can't join us tonight. She is feeling a bit under the weather, so uh, it'll be just us three. But we're gonna have a good time. Miles, what are we talking about tonight? We are talking about Back to the Future or Back to the Future Part 1. Yeah, Part 1, right? Mm-hmm. Um, they were just called Part 1, 2, and 3, right? They weren't, there wasn't any like subtitles or anything like that for them, right? That's right. There yeah, was but, no... No, go ahead. Well, I'll just say Back to the Future, it had nothing. I mean, at the time, we didn't know we were getting a sequel, so it was just... Yeah. You know, I don't think they knew they were getting a sequel at that mm-hmm. point. They did so well. Mm-hmm. I mean, we're going to talk stats here, but boy, did it earn a boatload of money for them. Yeah, last few reviews, we talked about movies that didn't make so much movie, make so much money. This one, however, made a killer amount of money. It made a ton, a buku amount of money. Now, do you guys remember where you were first when you saw Back to the Future? Do you remember when you first saw Back to the Future? Oh, yeah. Oh, so tell me about it. Well, I was... 15 years old uh the movie theater i saw it in is closed down now it's you know it's it's been demolished it, it hasn't been there for years uh it's kind of sad but um but yeah i saw i saw this i saw it when i was 15 uh, it was over the summer and at the time i mean i thought it was more of a comedy with just a little bit of time travel thrown into it but um looking back at it now i could, I could definitely see this is only this is this it, it's not regarded as a strong sci-fi movie but you can only tell this story in a sci-fi uh, theme. Well, there's no doubt that this movie typically gets overlooked when people are putting together their science fiction lists. And I think it is because it's not predominantly a sci-fi. Science fiction is a vehicle. Time travel is the vehicle to tell the story. But the story is really much more than that. It's about going back and seeing your parents as uh, young adults and how they acted and realizing that not a lot has changed. Or maybe more has changed than we realize. Uh, Kristen, how about you? Do you remember when you first saw Back to the Future? The year 1987, the place, South Plainfield, New Jersey. The exact location at my best friend's house on a rockin' VHS tape. And I loved it from the minute Michael J. Fox showed up with those cute sunglasses and his guitar. <laughs> So Michael J. Fox is what did it for you. He did it for me. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry, honey. No, I'm sorry. He didn't do it for me. <laughs> so, so that's fine. <laughs> I don't remember when I first saw this movie. I do remember uh, I liked it the first time I saw it, but you know, I I I, we, I know I did not watch it when it came out. Um, so it was probably a few years after that that I watched it. And I probably watched it. Um, late 80s, but I just don't remember much about it. I know that um, the guys that I hung around with at church used to get together and we'd do movies night. I watched a lot of the early Star Trek movies that way and like Rathacon and stuff like that we watched. Mm-hmm. And um, Predator and 
the Die Hard movies and some of those good, good, good quality eighties movies. Oh, absolutely. So, um, but Back to the Future was it was definitely uh, among them. So, mm-hmm. uh, so this movie came out July third, nineteen eighty five. Um, so we are just a little um, what over two months away from that. Yeah, yeah, just just under uh, from its thirtieth uh, anniversary. Yep. So we're, we're we're getting close to that, and when it when, and when this movie came out, it cost them nineteen million dollars to make. Is that right? Yes. Yeah, nineteen million dollars mm-hmm. to make. How much did it make, Miles? It, domestically, it made two hundred ten million and two hundred ten six hundred nine seven hundred sixty two million dollars. Wow! What? That, yeah, and, and then it, uh, then but but worldwide it brought in almost four hundred million dollars. Yeah, you add another oh hundred over over one hundred seventy million foreign, and then you have yeah three hundred eighty one plus million dollars. Yeah, so it 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 made a ton of money at the box office. Right, right. Now, just in case listeners don't know the story of Back to the Future, we should give them maybe a little synopsis here. We're assuming that people have, if you're listening to this podcast, you probably are. And like, we aren't spoiling anything. Like these types of shows, we, if we're spoiling Back to the Future, you, uh, I don't know what to say. You know, it's just you have been living in a cave, right? Um, we assume you've seen this movie at least three or four times. Yeah, but this takes place in the '80s. So 1985 is kind of when it's set, and then it throws back to like 1955, and. Uh, the premise is that Marty McFly, this you know, AKA, um, who's the actor again that plays him? Come on, Michael J. Fox. I know, I was just teasing you here. <laughs> oh, come uh, so, on. So, so uh, Michael J. Fox, uh, Marty McFly, a typical American teenager of the '80s, is accidentally sent back to 1955 in a plutonium-powered DeLorean time machine invented by a slightly mad scientist. During his often hysterical, always amazing trip back in time, Marty must make certain his teenage parents to meet fall in love so he can get back to the future wow yeah so this is the premise of it um i was telling miles earlier that i teach this movie and i use it in my class to talk about cause and effect i teach a unit in my english classes about cause and effect because it's also a writing style and we talk about different theories of time travel and this has the idea of the uh, um, there's a fixed timeline and then there's the, the dynamic timeline and then there's a parallel universe timeline that Fringe was mm-hmm. uh, a part of. And this fits into the dynamic timeline. Also plays into the idea of the grandfather's paradox with Asimov toyed with it. You go back, you kill your grandfather, then you never exist, which means you can't go back and kill your grandfather, therefore. And this plays a little bit into that. Oh, because sure. Because he goes back and meets his mother, his mother falls in love with him, and his family begins to become erased. Mm-hmm. And they don't push it far enough to see what would happen if Marty was actually erased. Because if he was erased, he couldn't mm-hmm. go back and alter time. That's, hence the paradox. Her, hence the mm-hmm. paradox. So they mm-hmm. don't push the paradox to, to fruition, but they could have. And mm-hmm. it would have been a totally different movie if they had done that. Yeah, I'm glad they, I mean, they did what they did, but we'll see in part two and three... What other what 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 other havoc they cause? What other circumstance? Yeah. What what other what, what how how else the timeline has been screwed with? Yeah, yep. And they do mess with the timeline, but we're working with a dynamic theory of time travel here. Um, well, so let's talk about uh, we we have some awesome cast here. Let's talk about some of our favorite cast members. 
And uh, Kristen, we are going to let you go first because you have to talk about your favorite cast member. Wow. There's so many in this movie, honestly. I mean, I, I think the thing that really appealed to the masses so much about this movie is it was a dynamic cast. Um, I really, really loved Christopher Lloyd as Dr. Emmett Brown. He was zany. He was funny. Um, slightly crazy, but, you know, I, I really, I just found his character just such great comic relief. I thought Lee Thompson was amazing as Marty McFly's mother. Um, she just was this great blend of innocence and also a little bit of, you know, trampiness at the same time. <laughs> yeah, she um, was. <laughs> fantastic, fantastic. Um, you know, even even today when I see her in shows like Switched at Birth and other things she's done, I always stop to see what, what, what Lee Thompson is doing. Yeah. So, so yeah, definitely, uh, she was definitely good. And the, and the fact that she transferred, like she was able to transition from mother to young girl and the way they did that was just beautifully done in this movie. Exactly, exactly. I also really liked Crispin Glover as uh, George McFly. Um, he was just, he probably is the character that stands out the most to me as being, you know, just the one that really stuck with me. But he made a lot of problems for the future movies because he wasn't recast in the in two and three. Well, let's, uh, I know we're going to talk about Trio later on but since you mentioned that let's talk a little bit about christian glover and what happened uh between back to the future one and then two and three and why he's sort of in them but not really yeah um well my understanding is that he was given an offer for back to the future two to be in the movie much later after back to the future the first one came out they realized what a wild success it was. They wanted to create a two and three, but they didn't have any contracts with the cast. So they went to all the original cast members. They went to Marty, uh, sorry, to Michael J. Fox. They went to Christopher Lloyd. Both of them said, if Bob and Bob are doing it, we'll do it, um, the, the directors of the film. And Crispin Glover came back and said, well, um, you know, I'll do the movie, but I'm going to do it at this. This is what you're going to pay me. And according to Bob Gale, he said, you know, you're, we're not paying you that. And so, you know, take or leave our offer. And he said, I'm leaving it. And Bob and Bob Gale said, good, we're writing you out. And they bought in another actor to play some, uh, a, a much more minor role for two and three. Right, right. Um, and that got them into just a little bit of trouble later on uh, because they used his likeness in the movie and uh, he sued them and won, right? I believe think, it I believe that. it was um, an out-of-court settlement. Oh, out-of-court settlement. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So Robert Zemeckis, I mean, he's done a, a, a ton of stuff, but when he put out Back to the Future, relatively unknown. I mean, what had he done prior to Back to the Future? Um, well... His hit, his big hit before Back to the Future was Romancing the Stone, which, okay, which did which did very well, and he had wanted to do the movie earlier, but with uh, with Spielberg producing, but being that he he didn't have a hit movie yet, um, Spielberg you know either didn't want to put his name on it, but then when he did Romancing the Stone, which made it, made a lot of money, um, Spielberg was on board. I mean, and then since then he's done uh, since Back to the Future, he's done a ton of stuff, Ghost Ship. Um, 
Castaway, he was a producer of. The Polar Express uh, with Hanks, he was a producer of again. Um, Last Holiday, producer of. Beowulf with Angelina Jolie, the only reason to watch that movie. Um, <laughs> and uh, Mars Needs Moms. And um, yeah, so there's just a lot that he has done since then. But Back oh, yeah. to the Future, really, when people think him, this is one of the movies that stands out as being kind of a crowning achievement for him. Oh, most definitely. Certainly. Um, so uh, we were talking actors. How about for you, Miles? What sort of uh, acting, perform- what sort of performances stood out for you? Beyond the ones maybe we mentioned. Right. Um, the actor who played uh, uh, Biff. Biff. Uh, oh, my goodness. Uh, Thomas F. Wilson. Yes. I loved him. Biff Tanner. I mean, he, he's he's great playing evil, and he's also, you know, great playing this kind, you know, this kind of this, uh, smarmy sycophant um, later on. <laughs> right. He, um, he, he certainly is. Um, but... Um, He's also done a lot of uh, voice work with cartoons and video games that I've recognized him in. Um, so I mean, he 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 was the heavy. He was the, you know the bad guy in the movie, and um, somebody for uh, Michael J. Fox to play off of, and he was brilliant at it. Yeah, mm-hmm. he, he was good. He was definitely good at it. Mm-hmm. His sidekick, Billy Zane. Yeah, uh, one of the you know one of the first appearances I remember Billy Zane being in. Uh, was this movie. I think it was his first movie. He was like, what? It might have been his first movie. Oh, he... no, you know, I'm thinking of the guy, the other guy who was in the, the video game kid. Uh, yeah, I don't know. All right, I'll find so, out. So, yeah, you, you, you find it. But Billy Zane, and of course, Titanic, and then we saw him in uh, The Mummy and mm-hmm. many other movies since that kind of helped him make his name. He hasn't done too much recently, or am I missing movies? I don't remember the last, time, last thing I've, I've seen. I mean, he... Had a cameo appearance in Zoolander. That that was uh, oh, that's right. That was over ten years ago. Yeah, so we're talking not talking about anything too recent here. We're no, talking about uh, this. Uh, he was about, in Mad Dogs. He was in Mad Dogs. And some indie looks like some indie films as well. So prior to this, he was yeah. Uh, Miles, anyone else that kind of stood out to you? Yeah, the actor who played Strickland. I have oh, seen yeah. him. Mm-hmm. James Tolkien. He he's done. A lot of TV and movies back in the 80s I remember him in. and Is he still alive? Well, I'll, I'll, I'll IMDb that, but I mean... Oh, uh, we'll, we'll set Chris on that. She's on IMDb as it is. Yes. So, so, but yes... Um, so they, they, they had a lot of great people in this. James Tolkien's name. Mm-hmm. So we're talking about Strickland. Mm-hmm. See, what's great is, is Strickland doesn't really age. No, he... <laughs> and he kind of joke about that in the movie. Doesn't this guy ever age? Or ever have hair. Yeah, ever have hair. So... Mm-hmm. Um, but he says, you know, he comes off as being, you know, today, if this movie were made today, Strickland could not exist because in today's high schools, you don't really have a character like this. He, he, you don't, that, that sort of disciplinarian's kind of been gone hmm. in today's society. So 1985, it works really well because we are in the cusp of that change. It's, it, 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 that, that, that's another thing you were saying. Actually. Between now and between '85 and now, just see things how how things in society have changed a lot. Mm-hmm. Well, we were talking about we we're talking about Biff. Biff's character and the way he tries to rape um, um, Lorraine, uh, Lorraine. Lorraine Thompson. Yeah, yeah, it would be totally frowned on. Now it was just kind of looking. It was kind of looking like naughty fun back in the eighty in the eighties. Yeah, this this boys will be boys thing. I mean, it. it I mean, this is. This is a sexual assault going on, and 
Um, I mean, it's it's it, it, it it's something horrible, but it's something not taken with, with a whole lot of seriousness in this at all. Uh, it's okay. George McFly takes care of it. Well, it's it's used as a vehicle to make George McFly the hero, but even at the end of the movie where Biff is cleaning their car or doing whatever, and you know Lorraine says, uh, "Well, if it wasn't for Biff, we wouldn't have you know fallen in love." It's just like thirty years ago, he tried to rape you. I mean, we wouldn't. It's just we would not. If this movie was made now, it would. This would have been treated a lot differently. Yeah, probably. I think you guys are referring to the scene that happens in the year 1955, not right. the 1980s. Right, but okay. we're just saying we're just saying the film came out in 85 is what we're talking right. about. But you're right. This is taking place in 55, which probably makes even it... Even worse. <laughs> even worse. Yeah. yeah. Um, I find that the things that I laughed at when I first saw the movie are very different things than the things that I laugh at now because now I'm a parent myself. And I see you know, the parent figures in the movie as well as the kids in a different way because I'm now at a different place in life. So I think that, like, really, it doesn't matter how old you are. There are some things never change and some things are evolving, to your point, Miles. You know, mm-hmm. social changes, cultural changes. But some things are, are you know, so similar, you know, um, in the way that people relate and, and, and react to each other. Yeah, and we're talking about a way the way the movie kind of ages over time and the way cultural cha- changes and now perceives the movie through the cultural change. You were talking a little bit earlier about a deleted scene that you mm-hmm. saw that they did not include in the movie. Right. And uh, can you just explain to people listening a little bit about that scene? You better pick up your mom and get going. Yeah, right. You look a little pale. Are you okay? Yeah, I don't know, Doc. I mean, it's just this whole thing with my mother. I just don't know if I can go through with it. Hitting on her. Nobody said anything about hitting her. You're just going to take a few liberties with her. See, that's what I mean. I mean, God, I can't believe I'm I'm actually going to feel up my own mother. You know, this is the kind of thing that could screw me up permanently. Well, what if I go back to the future and end up being gay? Why shouldn't you be happy? I gotta go pick up my mother. Good. Um, yeah, it, there's a scene where um, Michael Marty is talking to uh, Doctor Brown about what he has I mean, what he has to do to get um, his father to res- re- rescue, Lor- you know, Lorraine. To fall in love with Lorraine. Yeah, mm-hmm. and um, and then he says, uh, just. Will this screw him up? Will it, will it make him gay? And um, you know, it, you know, maybe maybe now if this if it, if it was included, it might offend a segment of the population. Maybe it wouldn't. Um, but but we'll just say this is 1955. What they're trying to say was the word has changed um, meaning. Right. Um, I mean, the Doc Brown says, "Why don't you want to be happy?" or something like that. I mean, so. Um, I mean, they're just trying to sit. They probably cut the scene for time, but maybe that would have been treated differently now, too. Right. And perceived, obviously, right now in in our country, there's a huge movement, you know, to kind of respect the gay population. And so it it could have been viewed very differently then. Right. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Um, So as far as uh, other characters, uh, I love the appearance of Huey Lewis in the movie. Um, But these are classic songs like The Power of Love, Mm -hmm. Back in Time. 
Um, and the fact that they wrote him in during the band competition is just pretty awesome. plays the, the teacher approving these auditions and uh, they're playing his song he says sorry guys you're just too loud yes you're just <coughs> too damn loud it's yeah. just gr- it's great coming from him oh it's it's it's, mm-hmm. it's wonderful yeah and so what makes that what makes that work is the fact that it's Huey Lewis saying that line exactly you know and then so it just makes it all the more funny he, he was very well he was used well for that scene yeah he Agreed. was small but very, mighty. very, yeah. Small but mighty. Small but mighty. I like that, yeah. yes. So uh, let's talk. Who else do we have here that we should uh, talk about? Um, Billy Zane, I think we talked about um, the main ones. Something interesting about the girl who plays Michael J. Fox's girlfriend in the movie. Uh, her name is Claudia Wells. And um, interestingly enough, she did not do uh, Back to the Future 2 and 3 because her mom had been diagnosed with cancer. So she took some time off from her career and was replaced by Elizabeth Shue, who looks a lot like her. But um, I always found it interesting with her character, although she didn't play a major, major role in the first film, that um, uh, she had this this quality about her. And um, them putting her in the time machine vehicle at the end of the movie really played a huge part in how the rest of the trilogy was written but it all started with her oh yeah definitely and, and it's certainly a good reason we aren't talking about contract negotiations or anything here we're talking about you know taking time out for family yeah which is can't blame her for that absolutely no not. so let's move into some favorite scenes that we have as you look at the movie and you look back what are some moments that stand out to you in the back to the future movies Miles, let's start with you. Um, there's a lot, but I think just give me when one he for, right now. for one for right now is or he, he's already traveled in the past and he's walking to the section the, the section of town where um, 1955 you have a traditional gas station where you have full service. There's three guys servicing your car. Um, there's um, an old record store. That kind of, that kind of stuff I, I I always find fascinating. I'm kind of nostalgic that way, seeing how things looked back then. Um, the old soda soda uh, soda shop, um, the old movie theater. Just him looking at everything. Um, he saw it the way it was in his time. Things look old, kind of dilapidated. Uh, even even some of those businesses have moved out. It's kind of it, it's kind of. It, it's lost a little bit of its life in 1985, but 1955, it was mm-hmm. new, vibrant, alive, and just 
just him taking that all in. Now that that scene when we first walk into the town in 1955, uh, it, it is stylized. I mean, the reality of the 50s the fifties weren't exactly like this, but this is this captures kind of this picturesque 50s for us. Um, and it kind of captures this nostalgia that we kind of look back and say, ah, the 50s. Right. This is what it looked like. Mm-hmm. You know, it's just not, it's not quite probably like that. It probably wasn't really quite like that. Mm-hmm. But it does appeal to it. And I agree to you, it's neat to go back and see like the record store and mm-hmm. and the, all the, the four men walking out to clean the vehicle is always mm-hmm. very cool. Mm-hmm. How about how about you, Chris? Tell me about a, a scene for you that sticks out as being a memorable scene. Well, from a chemistry standpoint, I don't think that it, in my opinion, very few scenes can be topped more than Lee Thompson and Michael J. Fox in the bedroom scene. Mom, is that you? You're there now. Just relax. You've been asleep for almost nine hours now. nightmare. Dream that I went back in time. It was terrible. Well, safe and sound now, back in good old 1955. 1955? You're my mom. You're my mom. My name is Lorraine. Lorraine Bates? Yeah. But you're, uh, you're so, uh, you're so thin. Just relax, Calvin. You've got a big bruise on your head. Ah, where are my pants? Over there, on my hope chest. I've never seen purple underwear before, Calvin. Calvin, why, why do you keep calling me Calvin? Well, that is your name, isn't it? Calvin Klein? It's written all over your underwear. Ah. Oh, I guess they call you Cal. No, actually, people call me Marty. Oh. Pleased to meet you, Calvin. Marty? Klein? Do you mind if I sit here? No, fine. No, good. Fine. Good. That's a, a big bruise you have there. Ah, ah. Oh, Lorraine, are you up there? Oh, my God, it's my mother. Quick. Put your pants back on. Uh, where she, he's actually fall, like, because he hits his head, he's laying in her bed. He's a peeping Tom. And he's, this is the peeping oh, Tom yeah. scene. This is the, for you listeners out there, this is the purple underwear, the Calvin Klein underwear. Their chemistry as two actors in that scene is so hilarious. <coughs> um, the confusion of the Marty McFly character, the lustfulness of the Lorraine Baines character and watching that interplay and he knowing that this is coming to the realization that this is his mother like the just there's so many that's like an onion that scene there's 50 layers to that scene and it's certainly not all the bells and whistles of say Miles's favorite scene but I just 
absolutely I could watch that scene over and over again from a from a theatrical perspective and just get something new out of it every time. Well, and the way she switches from being that lustful, you know, young girl to it's my mother. <laughs> and it's like, boom, switch, <laughs> get your pants on, I'm out of here. You yeah. know, that's it's just some there is that that scene is very well done. And the fact that he falls at the end getting his pants on, that was not planned. Um, he actually added that for comedy, comic relief, and, and it was just such a perfect ending to a, an already perfect scene. He gets mad props for all the physical comedy he put throughout yeah, he that That's scene right. and everywhere else. Mm-hmm. You're back in good old 1955. <laughs> 1955! <laughs> yeah, so, I mean, that is, that is a very, very good scene. Mm-hmm. I mean, you always... One of the classic scenes when you look at Back to the Future is, of course, Marty walks in to Emmett Brown's apartment is expected to vote on this today. In other news, officials at the Pacific Nuclear Research Facility have denied the rumor that a case of missing plutonium was in fact stolen from their vault two weeks ago. A Libyan terrorist group had claimed responsibility for the alleged theft. However, officials now attribute the discrepancy to a simple clerical error. The FBI was investigating the matter as no comment. Hey, Doc. Doc. Hello, anybody home? Einstein, come here, boy. What's going on? Oh, God. Oh, Jesus. That is disgusting. What the hell is it? You know, there's the you know the Rube Goldmore machine where the the machine that comes and dumps Einstein's food into the little food and it's like overflowing and the clocks are all ringing and and he's plugging in his guitar and he's in front of this honking big ass speaker right mm-hmm. and he's just and he gets there and that pix just shines and he makes one strum and it's like just blows everything up. It's a great opening scene. Oh yeah, mm. um, it kind of you know, sets the tone for the whole movie. Right. Yeah, it does. Right. Like things are gonna blow up. <laughs> it, yeah, and, and knock you down. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Uh, how about another scene, Miles, for you? Um, let's see. The scene where this is more of an action scene where where Marty's running away from from Biff. Um, the, the the chase in the town where uh, the skateboard scene. Whoa, whoa, Biff. What's that? 
Marty makes a makeshift skateboard out of a little kid's scooter, and um, they're chasing him through town, and the classic scene where he gets out of the way, and they run into a manure truck. Right. Oh, shit. Right. <laughs> it's, just, it's just great. Mm-hmm. It's, it's some great comedy, mm-hmm. but it is action. And, I mean, we get that scene echoed in the second movie. And uh, do we get it echoed in the third movie too? Do they echo mm-hmm. it again? Yeah, they, yeah, yes, th- they do. Yep, they do. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so this, this, they, this they sort of, play homage to uh, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. at numerous times, but mm-hmm. it, it works great in the fifties. And he's, you know, and he even plays into nineteen eighty five. He's doing it on his way to school. He's kind, of, but he's not being chased. But he's kind of riding that skateboard, and mm-hmm. you know, it's, but it is very, very cool scene. I'm glad you. I was going to mention that as mine, so you, you took it off. <laughs> how about you? How about you, Chris? Well, I think the the whole climax scene of um, Doc Brown at at the very end or towards the very end where he's um, connecting all of the wires at the clock tower so that um, he can get Marty back into the future.
the suspense, the way they build the suspense in that that scene, and just the comedic timing of both Michael J. Fox and um, Christopher Lloyd. Thank you, yeah. Christopher <laughs> Lloyd. I mean, they both have these little added nuances, and it just it heightens the excitement and. Um, I can actually remember that's one of my earliest memories of really, really not being able to take my eyes off of a screen of any movie. That that scene right there just really, I can remember having to go to the bathroom and crossing my legs really hard because <laughs> I didn't want to leave. Yeah, well, because you don't know if they're going to make it. I mean, you know, they, it's a movie; it has to work out. But you, but, you, but you're able to yeah. suspend your disbelief there and say. Are they gonna make it? I was having a heart attack first time I saw that. I mean, mm. everything everything that could go wrong was going wrong. Yeah, I think the other scene that I that I like is, of course, the enchantment under the sea dance. Oh yeah, that and is, it's yeah. Uh, it's not the dance per se, but it's Marty up there playing guitar. All right, uh, all right. This is uh, this is an oldie, but uh, well, it, it's an oldie where I come from. All right, guys, uh, listen, this is the blues riff and B. Watch me for the changes and try and keep up, okay? Starts out, you know, nicely at Earth Angel, and then we go into like Johnny Be Good, and then we uh, break into some Van Halen Prince, yeah, yeah, solo. It's just absolutely insane, (laughs) and uh, they aren't ready for that, but the kids are gonna love it. Oh, they, oh, they, they certainly will. (laughs) They certainly will. Uh, You know, I think this is one of the things that makes this movie so good is it ties 
up its loose ends nicely. The stuff that happens in 1955, you see a direct impact in 1985 as far as what has happened. Mm -hmm. You know, the Lone Pine Mall? Oh, yeah. Yeah, you know, and just stuff like that. Out of uh, speaking of the Lone Pine Mall, according to Bob Gale, on October 26, 1985, a group of people actually showed up at the mall that was used to film the Twin Pines Mall location to see if Marty would arrive in his DeLorean. Which he did, he not. did not. He did not. <laughs> but that would have been cool. That would have been kind of And that awesome. does bring up one of the other shining moments is when they open up the, the truck. It outrolls the DeLorean, and it's out. You know this fog, and the first time that he travels like back, or the first time they send um, Einstein. what's the Einstein back in time, it's pretty awesome. Oh, definitely, pretty awesome moment. Do you have any other moments in the movie? I mean, there's tons that we can. Talk yeah, about there's here, but... there's one. Although we talked about the scene where Biff is trying to have his way with Lorraine, the, the, the what happens at the end where. I, I like seeing the underdog rise to the occasion, and maybe this could be you know a life changing experience for him, and and see you know if can can he be more than he is? And this at this this time you know he he, he you know he's, he Biff scares the crap out of him, but he but he says no, you, you leave her alone. You know he, I, he's like I know I'm going to get killed, but I can't I can't I can't leave. This be wrong, and so. Biff grabs him, but he just Biff doesn't see it. He uh, George th throws a right hook and uh, take knocks at Biff out, and Biff, and the actor does a great job of just taking the punch and doing a one eighty and then dropping, dropping, yeah. um, and just just seeing that you know George's life has changed forever. I mean, he's 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 a real man now. Um, right. he, he 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 stood he stood up for something for for a just cause and. He gets the girl at the end, and this, this, this sort of—I mean, the relationship was built on something very, on a really weird foundation to begin with, but it, it's built on something a little—you know, you know, she sees, you know, him being brave and courageous and rescuing. I mean, yeah, he, he's kind of like, you know coming out at night in shining armor sort of thing, but it's cool. It is, and man, when he like curls his fist, the way they shoot that, when you see his fist begin to curl, you're like, oh, crap. you know it's coming. Yeah, and it's just, it's just, it is an awesome scene and an awesome message to stand up for what's right and, uh, you know, knocking out the bad guy. I mean, what, what more can you ask? Right, and then I mean, well, then Marty says later, goes, I never saw Dad stand up to Biff before, and Brown's like. Never, uh, like thinking. Okay, well, what what's this going to do to the you know to the future? Yeah, definitely, mm -hmm. definitely. A any other scenes for you? I mean, there's there's so many. I I honestly think every scene is great, and even now, all these years later, I never fast forward through any scenes. Yeah, what? And again, we we watched it with our children just a little bit ago, and it's a, that was weird. It was a bit weird. I'm not gonna lie, that was a little weird. It's a little bit weird because there's mm -hmm. a, there is a lot of language in this movie. Mm -hmm. There is a lot, and I'm surprised your mother let you watch. I it. didn't. I watched it at my friend's house. <laughs> uh -huh. mm -hmm. uh -huh. Well, I think I think too now now that I'm a parent, I I, I hear and see things that I wouldn't have heard and seen. Or you didn't think? Didn't think. Or. And you know, it's interesting because the inspiration for this film in the first place 
largely comes from Bob Gale because he found his father's high school yearbook and he was going through the pages and he was like, I wonder what my parents were like at that age. Right. And now that I have children and they're starting to grow up, you know. You kind of interact that way. Yeah, that, that's where my mind goes. Yeah. I do like the uh, Darth Vader from the planet Vulcan. Oh, that that, that mm-hmm. that's awesome too. That's a nice homage to our uh, yeah, our some of our two yeah. favorite franchises here in the Sci-Fi Diner to right. kind of talk about. So, well, I think that we hit a lot of the scenes. Uh, let's move into some quotes that maybe uh, stand out to us as okay. we uh, talk about the quotable Back to the Future. And there are so many great one-liners and things that uh, come up. And Chris is like jumping out of her seat, waving her hand, saying, "Ooh, ooh, me, me, me." Go ahead. Give us your first quote. The first quote, the best quote, the quote that I resound personally with is when Dr. Emmett Brown says, Great Scott! (laughs) I knew that was coming. Thank you. Thank you very much. That is, and he repeats that numerous times. I like that. Yes. I think one of my favorite lines is when um, Emmett Brown is talking about who the President of the United States is in 85, and he goes, Tell me, future boy, who's president of the United States in 1985? Ronald Reagan. Ronald Reagan, the actor? Then who's vice president? Jerry Lewis? And I suppose Jane Wyman's first lady. Kind of poking fun at the fact that there's an actor. As Well, <laughs> if this would happen, you know, today, I mean, it'd be like, you know, who, who, who's president in your time? Um, Arnold Schwarzenegger? You know, I mean, yeah. Uh, yeah. that's almost, uh, you know. Almost, yeah. Well, Ronald Reagan, his, that quote about him, he was so amused by the movie that he was, you know, at the White House at the time, he made them stop the projector and rewind it so he could hear it again. He was just so blown away and was not expecting that his name would ever come up in the movie. And he liked it so much that in his 1986 State of the Union address, um, he says, as in the film Back to the Future, where we're going, we don't need roads. <laughs> yeah, I mean, imagine being being present, having the power to stop a projector at a movie house. Like, yeah, I don't know. Maybe he was like in his own personal residence. Yeah, we don't know. Maybe it was like a private screening. Private screening with well, a martini he, in he, hand. Isn't he, oh, I guess he's in the, oh, they, they actually include him then in the second movie. Yeah, yes. With the Max yes, Headroom. He mm-hmm, yeah. Uh, scene in that. So we'll get to that in the mm. next movie, though. How about for you? Do you have a do you have a quote that you uh, like, Miles? Sure. Um, this um, you referenced about what, what George McFly said about Star Trek and Star Wars, uh, but just this is how crazy this sounds. Last night, Darth Vader came down from Planet Vulcan and told me that if I didn't take Lorraine out, that he'd melt my brain. Well, you know this. <laughs> you know those Vulcans. That, that mind melt will take you every time. So. Yeah. <laughs> I like the. Uh, I like the. Do you have a? Do you have another quote you want to share? Well, I I always liked roads. Where where we're going, we don't need roads. And you know, it's it's the way Emmett Brown delivers that. Yes. Marty, you've got to come back with me. Where? To the future. Wait a minute, what are you doing, Doc? I need fuel. Go ahead, quick, get in the car. No, 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 look, Doc, I just got here, okay? Jennifer's here, we're gonna take the new truck for a spin. Well, bring her along. This concerns her, too. 
Wait a minute, Doc. What are you talking about? Now, what happens to us in the future? What, do we become assholes or something? Oh, no, 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 no. You, you and Jennifer both turn out fine. It's your kids, Marty. Something's got to be done about your kids. Hey, Doc, you better back up. We don't have enough road to get up to 88. Roads? Where we're going, we don't need roads. Hey, Marty! Marty! Marty, I wanted to show you these new matchbooks for my auto detailing I had printed up. Like DeLorean? Roads, where we're going, we don't need roads. I and, mean, it's and it, the sunglasses flip down. Flip, and he backs up, and, and the last thing you see is the DeLorean shooting off into the... It's the best line. It is. And they saved the best for last. It is. It is awesome. It is awesome. Um, I like the uh, the quote where Marty's realizing that Lorraine like likes him and says, Whoa, wait a minute, Doc. Are you trying to tell me that my mother's got the hots for me? Dr. Emmett Brown says, Precisely. And Marty's like, Whoa, this is heavy. And Emma Brown says, There's that word again, heavy. Why are things so heavy in the future? Is there a problem with the Earth's gravity or something? Mm-hmm. You know, it's, well, I'm sure. You know, you think you think our vernacular now might sound funny thirty years. Oh, abs- absolutely, yeah. absolutely, yeah. yeah. Um, Which they, they explore nicely in this movie. They do, mm-hmm. and that's what makes again what makes it fun because we know that change is there. Mm-hmm. Um, I like also the one Remick Brown saying, "Which one's your pop?" Marty says, "That's him," and they see him getting kicked around by other school bullies. And George says, okay, ha-ha, you guys, ha-ha, very funny. You guys are being real mature. And Emma Brown says, maybe you were adopted. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Any other quotes? They're not a quote, but just just thinking of when the Libyans came to go after Doc Brown. These are the two most inept terrorists I've ever seen. (laughs) Oh, my word. They are. I mean, um, they are indeed. The guy's machine gun jams up. And then um, this old Volkswagen van, the guy, I assume it's a stick, it stalls out. He can't get started again. I mean. They crash into the photo booth. Yeah. Right. I mean, these two are a couple of chuckleheads. I mean, they're just. <laughs> they uh, are. Yeah. They certainly aren't anything like the serious James Bond villains you see. That's for sure. No, that they, they couldn't afford those. They, they definitely couldn't afford them. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so let's talk a little bit about some trivia. You, we met, already mentioned some trivia here in the show. Do you do you have any other trivia, Chris? I'll put you on, I'll put you on the spot. Okay, Miles, how about you? This was originally written as far back as 1980. Mm. It just it sat on a shelf for a while, um, and as Kristen said, Bob Gale saw got the inspiration from his dad's yearbook and. This is why Back to the Future is good sci-fi. Most people think it's kind of, I don't know, uh, fluff sci-fi or just light sci-fi, but only in, 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 only in a sci-fi vehicle can you tell this story where you can see what your parents were like 30 years ago and interact with them. And what was explored is, you know, his, his, his mom and dad is trying to tell him not to do these bad things or whatever, and... Then, then he sees his mom have the same kind of vices, smoking and drinking, and um, 
you know, lusting after, you know, um, you know, she, 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 she's just like he is now. I mean, right. It right. Just, uh, Absolutely. Well, you know, in, in going along with that, the script was rejected 40 times prior to being greenlit. If oh. at first you don't succeed, try again, try and, again, and send your and script again, in again, and again, and again, mm-hmm. and again, and again. A lesson yeah. in persistence. Yeah, definitely. I think for me, one of the interesting trivia things is the fact that, um, so when Lorraine follows Marty back to Doc's house, she and Doc, they exchange kind of like an awkward, like, hello, how are you kind of thing. And this is actually the only on-screen dialogue that Christopher Lloyd and actress Lee Thompson have ever had together, even though they appeared in five movies and one TV movie. It just, their just paths never crossed, never crossed. On, on, the, on film. Yeah. So weird to me. I like the, uh, the little bit of trivia where, you know, in the parking scene, they swap out the bottle of water, the prop bottle of water with actual liquor. Mm-hmm. And he takes a swig of it mm-hmm. and then realizes it. And it's kind of this gag. It's in the, it's in the gag realizing for the film. But, huh. but. And then he spits it out. <laughs> I thought he spit it. No, he, no, she put it. I think she made an advance on him and that's when he spit it out or something. Okay. Trivia. True or false? Ooh, bring it. Marty McFly. So, the actor. Come on. Michael J. Fox. Thank you, oh Michael my. J. Fox. See, you know, I'm just, I'm just testing it here. Mm-hmm. So, Michael J. Fox mm-hmm. did all his own singing. True or false? I'm going to say false. 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 Yes, it has to be false because there was another actor who, or another singer who did it, and I believe he wasn't even credited in he the credits. Right? Yeah. Musician Mark Campbell did all of Michael J. Fox's singing. He's credited as Marty McFly. That's so wrong. I wonder if he was <laughs> mad about that. Oh, maybe, maybe. Um, so, uh, gigawatts is actually a different pronunciation of gigawatts. Okay. So, it's, it's an older pronunciation of it, apparently. Hmm. So, it's so. not junk science. It's... No, it's not junk science. It's actually uh, it's actually usable. Any and what is tr- junk science? Junk science, meaning junk? that they, they sometimes call it technobabble, where they kind of create a word to sound more technical or science fiction than it really is, oh. or just make something up that sounds plausible, but science, in real science, it, it wouldn't work. So, what what would be an example of that, yeah. like from another? Uh, well, um, in Star Trek, uh, everything. Tra- no. Just well, yeah, almost every. Well, tra- <laughs> transporter technology. Um, there's no way that would work. It, it would kill you. I mean, it, it, and it's. Um, if they if they if they find a way to teleport people, it won't be what Star Trek proposes because that will kill you, and hmm. maybe even tra- traveling faster than the speed of light. That's you know what what they've made. They've made something that sounds plausible, but um, it's scientists don't see that happening anytime soon. Hmm. One other bit of trivia, and then we'll move on. Johnny Depp audition for Marty McFly. Oh yeah, yeah. Okay, hmm. I know that. Um, What's his name? Eric Stoltz was possibly going to be doing the movie. And so is C. Thomas Howell. They were other names thrown around. Um, but what is up? But also, Fox was still doing uh, Family Ties at the time. And so he was doing double duty as, and getting like two hours of sleep a night. I mean, he was really working his butt off at the time. Yeah. Wow. And I do have one other bit of trivia. The Texaco Station, Texaco mm-hmm. Oil Company, was actually founded by Christopher Lloyd's great ancestor. 
Oh, wow. One of them. That's random. Yeah, so maternal grandfather is one of the founders of the Texaco Oil Company Mm -hmm. that's featured in the film. So, Anyways, um, so Chris, do you need to go? I should, but All right. it's well, been we'll, a pleasure. We'll wrap up without you. Thank you for coming and yes, joining us to talk you. about Back to the Future. It is my honor and pleasure. This is like one of your first times. I think we may have had you on like one other time way back when. Yeah, it's true. So it's been a while. So thank you. Thank you for joining us thank here Thank you. Diner. It's nice to know what happens on the other side of my home. Yeah, right. When the doors close and I hear stuff. Two guys talking. Two right. guys chatting loudly. So it's been nice. Thank, thank you. you. Thank, thank you for joining us. Thank, thank you for joining you. us. So... Uh, Here's the other thing about Back to the Future. Would you rewatch this movie again? Oh, definitely. It was fun. It was. Uh, th- this was. Uh, I mean, we 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 got a little serious with it, but it, it's still the movie. You don't have to. You, you can kind of. You don't. You don't. You don't have to be thinking too hard about it. You could just en- enjoy it, or or you could just. You you can really engage yourself and, and try to you know get some of the subtext that's going on. It is a really rewatchable movie. Like you can watch this. Like I, I, as I said earlier, I show this in school and I'll watch it like two or three, you know, through two or three classes in a row, and we'll watch. You know, they'll watch the same movie, and I find it hard to focus on what I want to be working on while the movie is going on because I just want to watch it. Mm-hmm. It's a fun movie. Oh, absolutely. Um, so, so many good moments. Now, let me ask you something. Did have, did you ever get a chance to go to Universal Studios and? Do the Back to the Future theme park ride? No, but I'm guessing that you did. Yes. Uh, so tell I us about that. Did twice. <laughs> you did it twice. Well, yeah, once one, once in Universal down in Florida, once in Universal in, in uh, California. So what was it like? You're, it was it was fun. It's a little hard on you physically, um, uh, but um, you, you, they show you this little all that time travel stuff just totally wrecks havoc with your body. It does. It does. Time travel. It, you know, it's. It, not for the faint of heart, but no, definitely uh, not. And and uh, if if you're not of good physical shape, also. But yeah. they show this mini movie of uh, they bring back Doc Doc Brown and Biff, and Biff has stolen young Biff has stolen the DeLorean, and so Doc Brown has recruited you to help him catch Biff. Oh, and uh, you're in this the other bad Biff. You're in this other DeLorean, and. Um, it, it, it's fun. You're going through. You're traveling through time. You, you, you see dinosaurs. You see other things going on. And um, but you're in. You're in this DeLorean. You know, car. Um, um, and there, they have one of the car. I believe that they had a. There was more than one car used in the movie, and so they had one of the cars out there, outside the ride, so you could take pictures of it and stuff. So that that, that was cool. There was only a limited amount of DeLoreans made, my understanding. I don't. I forget what the number is anymore. Some fan will tell us, but right, um, they, they, they didn't make them for long, so yeah. I'm sure was, you know. Doc Brown always wanted to make a fourth movie where they go back to Rome. Oh yeah, so that's in the in the trivia. We didn't share that, except I just did now. But well, I believe that's about it. So thumbs up. We will be doing reviewing Back to the Future two and three in future episodes of the Diner. But we would love to hear your thoughts, your favorite moments about Back to the Future how you thought it held together the movie, what you liked, and or maybe what you didn't like. Maybe you didn't like the movie. Maybe the real question we're holding here is, should Back to the Future be classified as a science fiction film? Good question. And that is a, uh, that's a question. We've kind of, Miles' answer is yes, it should. Absolutely. Do you agree with Miles? So let's, uh, we would love to hear from you. Again, you can email us at the sci-fi diner podcast at gmail.com. 
Tweet us on Twitter or uh, let us know on our Facebook page, and we would uh, love to hear your thoughts. I think that that about does it, Miles. All right. Well, this was fun. Till next time, good night and good luck. And we'll see you.